This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. This statement, it really is a really cool, powerful statement made throughout the movie. Now, it has nothing to do with the series I'm teaching at all, believe it or not. There's a little a different angle that I'm preaching about, but bear with me for a moment as I am a new Star Wars lover, and I will say that there's so much truth in this force, this good force, this force of light and goodness. Uh, I believe that down deep in every single one of us that God has planted that seed of goodness and of light, and if you will come to know Jesus Christ, it will even develop even brighter and deeper and more special in your life. So at the conclusion of this sermon today, I will be giving you an opportunity to get to know Jesus through a relationship as he being your Lord and Savior. But in connection to our series, I believe that when you were created by God, that you were given a few elements of your life that can be a force to shape your future. It can be a force to literally change your tomorrow. Last Sunday, I started out this series with this subtopic, Dream bigger dreams. Let me ask you this way now that that Sunday's passed us by and we're going in a different direction today. Let me ask you this since we just heard that sermon last week. Would your life be different today if you would have dreamed bigger in your years gone by? If you would have dreamt larger, if your dreams would have been larger, if you would have believed God more? If you would have trusted God more in your past, where would you be today? Well, I I wholeheartedly believe that if you want your future to be different than it is now, then you have to start dreaming more. You're going to have to start trusting God more for your future. Well, this morning, we're going to kind of go a different direction than dreaming bigger dreams. What we're talking about today along this series of May the Force Be With You is it very well could be Uh, somewhat of a controversial sermon for you because I'm going to make that that awkward entrance into a part of your life through the help of the word of the Lord that most people don't want touched. Most people don't want this messed with. And um, I want to talk about our moods. And, And we're going to have a little fun with this, but I also know it's a very sensitive subject because... I'm going to call you out on some things. I've already had to call myself out in a lot of these areas, and it's very uncomfortable, but here's what I know. The Word of God has a solution for any and every challenge that you'll ever face, even mood swings. Believe it or not, something so natural, something so human The Spirit of God, through His Word, gives us remedies to even that mood swings. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hand, reach over to the seatbelt, and I want you to unlatch it. I want you to take the seatbelt off. Now I want you to open the door, and I want you to get out of the roller coaster of mood swings because it is a roller coaster. So I put a lot of creativity into my sermon title. Everybody listen up. Sermon titles are so cool, right? For a preacher. 
I put so much thought into it. I put so much creativity into it. I sought the Lord, not really, but I thought about it a lot. And my sermon title is just fascinating. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, say Anybody grow up around church and remember that statement? Well, I'm going to reach back in time, and I'm going to have you talking about this all week long concerning if you're happy and you know it, then say amen. Let's talk about moods today. At the start of this year, it's the second week of January. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. I believe that there's power in renewal. In a new year, you have an opportunity that won't come along for several more months. 11 months from now, you can have a new year. So in the process of a new year, I want to introduce you to this word through Scripture called renewal, making new again, renewing the state of of your mind. If you would like to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 23, I'm going to read this particular text from the Amplified Version of Scripture, and it reads as this. There's two key words that I'm going to focus on. Ephesians 4, 23 in the Amplified says it this way, and be constantly Oh, you can't just blow through that word. Constantly. Be constantly renewed. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then in parentheses, the Amplified Version adds a little commentary for our reading. It says, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Afresh, that goes hand in hand with renewal. Having a new, a fresh, fresh start and a mental and spiritual attitude. So, in other words, we're going to get off this roller coaster of the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the goods and the bads, this, this life journey that we never know where some people are. We never know where we are half the time because we're on this roller coaster. I say at the beginning of this year that we just get off that thing and we renew our minds and allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to have us with a fresh mind and spiritual, a mental and spiritual attitude. All right, don't raise your hand at this question, but have you ever been called moody? Don't raise your hand. And Zachary, don't point at your wife. Have you ever called someone moody? Let me share with you a few things that I wrote down. There's Millions of these. I just chose to use these few things. Have you ever noticed that most things that put us into a bad mood, most of the time, the majority of them, are silly? There are a few big things that happen, and that's not what this sermon's about. That's, that, those are big moments in life, you know, that, that, that are tragic. But most of the time, our bad mood 
comes from silly things. Here's just a few funny ones that I, that I just thought about that really has a tendency to put me in a bad mood, and I can't believe it really affects me this much. Have you ever been in a hurry and you come around the corner just to see those bars at the train track come folding down? And, and I don't know how you roll, but I'm that guy that out loud in the truck when nobody else, I'm like, you're kidding me. I'm the guy that the people, other people are looking at going, who's he talking to? I'm like, of all days, you got to have a train right now? And then when I say that, it's like the engineer heard it and he just goes, Psh. it's not moving. It was moving until dummy opened his mouth and said, really? And the dude's like, Silly things. I could have the best day going. Train track, it's over. Silliness. How about the hot cup of coffee when you're trying to get in the truck? Maybe you don't have a truck, but I got a truck. And when you're a little man crawling in a truck, you got to use them running boards. <laughs> See, everybody asks me, why you got running boards? Man, that's a step stool for me, bruh. I got to have me some running boards. I got to run to jump on the running board, you know. I got to get a run start, jump on the running board. But here, I, inevitably, and, and I'm so slow, and I mean that respectfully, in my relationship with my wife. She tells me all the time, I don't understand why you have to take a cup of coffee every morning. It's a regular cup with no, just go to Sam's or somewhere, buy the little cups with the lift. And I'm like, uh-uh. And I hop up on my little running board. And I hop into the truck, and needless to say, I get out, and I've got coffee. I'm bad mood. Little silly things. Here's one for all of us parents of young ones. Have you ever gone to the school, drop your kids off, or if you're on bus route, you ever gotten a call from the school that they forgot something? And you're like, dude, you're five. You ought to be a master of this stuff. You're five years old. How do you forget? You're five. I rolled up into the school the other day, man, and I dropped this little thing off. She forgot a little something, and I dropped it off. I asked the receptionist, and uh, I know we got a few teachers here today from the school my daughter goes to. You'll get a kick out of this. I said to the receptionist, I said, when do we stop being little errand runners for our kids? And the receptionist said, oh, believe it or not, there is a day that it stops because then you just become the errand runner for your grandchildren. <laughs> Ruined my day. Bad mood. All of you smartphone users, have you ever looked on your map and you saw all those little red dots so you knew that route was slow? So you thought, I'm a genius. I'm going to take this little route. Then you come over there and there's those big orange flags that says road closed. Can't win. Here's my point today. Believe it or not, as silly, as shallow, as simple of those little problems are, they affect us. And we get into a bad mood over something really silly. There's nothing wrong with slipping into a bad mood. There's nothing sinful about slipping into a bad mood. But here's the problem. A wrong mood of the mind could literally show up in then you making decisions out of being in a bad mood that are regretful. Now, I'm going to shift a little bit, and I'm going to 
I'm going to take you down to a, a, a little level here, and I want you to stay with me for a minute because I know it's going to get a little tight in here. Believe it or not, bad moods about something silly, if it goes unchecked, if you leave it alone, if you don't acknowledge it, a simple, silly, bad mood could evolve into you making decisions and choices and responding in ways in a bad mood that you'll never be able to undo. Words are spoken in bad moods that break hearts. I'm even go further than that, and I know this is touchy, so just bear with me. There are good moms and dads. There are wonderful moms and dads that just happen to be in a bad mood and heard the wrong words and the wrong tone of a child. And before you know it, the hand is moving or the temper is flaring. And you can't take those words back. And unfortunately, you can't take that swipe back. And it was all because of a bad mood. Not a hateful parent. Not, a, not, a, not an abusive parent. But became abusive because of a bad mood. Marriages are literally sent over the top out of just a bad mood. So what I'm trying to get across here in the very beginning of this sermon is this. While bad moods may be silly, and while bad moods may be shallow, and while bad moods may not seem like something taking a whole Sunday sermon about, believe it or not, the manifestation and the results, the fruit of bad moods, it's what's broken the back of a lot of families. It's what's destroyed a lot of people in America, bad moods. Believe it or not, bad moods cause people to get fired from jobs, good jobs. In an economy that you never would want to go without a job, you had a good job. You were making good money. They loved and appreciated you, but they couldn't live with your bad mood whenever you allowed your bad mood to get the best of you. Then you made statements on the job to the wrong people that were in a bad mood. And then next thing you know, you got a clash of bad moods. And then you wonder why your spouse is in a bad mood when you tell them you've been laid off. Then you wonder why your kids are in a bad mood when you're really in a bad mood because you've been laid off and it snowballs, snowballs, all because of something like a railroad track, something silly. Here's the danger of bad moods. A moody person in a really low time in their life, not talking about depression, not talking about discouragement, Talking about a grumpy, grouchy, cranky, bad mood person. If they leave that unchecked, it becomes permanent. You can have a mood of mind that's angry, but leave it unchecked, you'll become an angry person. You can have a mood of mind of being discouraged. There's nothing wrong with that. It's called life. But you let life go on without checking that mood of discouragement, you'll become a discouraged person. You let a mood of mind of being troubled go unchecked, you'll become a troubled person. There's a difference in a troubled person and someone that's being troubled right now in a bad mood. What the will of the Lord is for your life in 2016 as we teach this, may the force be with you. God's given you 
He's given you these natural moods in creation. You were created with these moods. We even see these moods in the life of Jesus Christ. We see him in times of celebration. And we also see him in times of sadness. Believe it or not, Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, we even see in Scripture him weeping. We see him in one moment in the Garden of Gethsemane really down. He was really wanting, he was wanting a, he was wanting a backdoor escape route of the realities of the cross that were ahead of him. But what we also see in Christ Jesus was the ability to take a mood for what it was, but would yet filter himself back into these powerful words of let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the mind of this is just a mood. I'm not going to stay here. You can't afford to camp out and lay a foundation and build your house in a mood. Because moods were created to be temporary, not permanent. And a lot of marriages are broken. A lot of jobs are lost. A lot of relationships between parents and children, they are what they are because moods became permanent. Take a deep breath, everybody. Say, wow, man, you're messing with me today, Pastor. Well, here's the thing. I'm messing with you because I'm messing with myself. I'm messing with you because I feel God's messing with all of us to say, hey, don't ignore the fact that you got mood swings. You're going to have a good day and a bad day. But what God wants to take us into in 2016, if it's going to be an incredible year for you and your family, it's going to be because that you work this force that you have. So what's the force? What is this force that I've got? Well, in Scripture, in Scripture, he gives us these great remedies. He gives us the secret to being successful in defeating the bad mood swings. I believe that the remedy is this simple. And I know some of you have your pen out and you're looking for a really deep, you're looking for a really powerful, you're looking for a really uh, revelatory word. But literally, here's what God's will is for you to get through the bad moods. You ready for it? Lighten up. No, Pastor Tommy, it's got to be... Serious. No, it's lighten up. Pastor Tommy, it can't be so light. Lighten up. Pastor Tommy, no, 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 no. I've got to crawl my way out. I've got to, I've got to put myself through torture. I've got to hurt coming out of this bad mood. You've got to show me how I can work my way out of the bad moods. No, Jesus did all that. He did the crawling. He did the hurting. He did the suffering. He did the painful. Jesus paid the price of the danger zone of a bad mood becoming a permanent problem. He has already settled it. What Jesus now asks of you is to take his yoke. It's easy. Listen to his burden. It's light. What Jesus wants you to do is lighten up. Christmas time came, and we went to California for Christmas. I've already talked about it a little bit, but 
I'll share with you one little little story that happened while traveling to California. My wife, myself, our two daughters, we're going to fly to California. And anytime you fly, obviously you're worried about how many bags we can get on the plane and how much they weigh. I'm a little nervous because I've got three women in my home. And that means like 11 pairs of shoes for each day. We have a separate bag for hair bows, a separate bag for hair products. And then you got all the girls' bags, too. (laughs) So we've got problems, right? So I get to the airport, and I'm a nervous wreck, man. I'll be honest with you. Whole time in the parking lot out there, I'm going, ooh, I don't know about that one. Oh, no, that one. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do if it's over the weight limit? So we get to the counter, and, 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 you know, We choose to travel on December 23rd, right, where every employee in America is wishing they were off. So I get that whole, put your bag on the scale, please. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. So I take the bag and I, 47. The maximum is 50. So I'm like, 47 pounds. And I turn around, and I'm like, oh, God, we got one more suitcase up before I get all whatever. And the lady goes, put the next one on there, please. And I'm like, right. Boom. 43 pounds. And now I'm like, what? (laughs) Going to California. Here's the problem. We were going to California for Christmas. Even people in California give gifts a lot of gifts to kids. We've got to fly back. So now I'm walking up to the counter on the way home, and I have a whole different posture about myself. Hi there. I believe these are a little heavy. Uh, 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 if there's any way of, I can work something out with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Denora, uh, give me your wallet. <laughs> what can we do about this? And, and sure enough, the first bag, over the weight limit. So we did what every other family has to do when they travel. We're unzipping the bags, you know. There's all your dirty laundry. And there's, there's the spilt hairspray and all that. Kind of, give us a second, guys. We're going to have to, you know, like you're, you know, putting medicine in one pocket. You can't fly with that, sir. Oh, okay, I can't fly with that. You start doing all this stuff. The point of the illustration, we had to lighten some stuff away. We had to pull it away. We had to lighten the load a little. I want to make this easy for you. The whole point of Jesus coming to this earth was to lighten your load. God's will for you is not to live stressed out. God's will for your life is not to be boogered up and messed up and troubled and worried. God's will for your life is not to live with regrets. Not to live with one one eye over your shoulder wondering what's going to happen because the weight of the world is on your shoulder. God wants to lighten you up. He wants to move some stuff out of your life. He wants to take some stuff off of you. Pastor Tommy, you don't understand the weight I'm under. I'm under this heaviness, man. We owe this much money on this. We owe that much money on this. If you only knew the stress I'm under, I understand. And that's my point. Jesus wanting to lighten your load. But he can't lighten my load. I'm, I'm swimming in my eyeballs in debt. Yes, he can. There's always a solution in the word of God. 
for each and every challenge. There's scripture about stewardship. There's, there's scripture for management, for overseeing, for making good choices, including counsel in your life. There's also ministries like financial peace or crown financial. There's, there's all these. And then if you just have individuals in your life, there's individuals in this church that would love to spend a few minutes with you, just kind of help you get focused in your budgeting. Well, Pastor Tommy, that's, it's not finances with me. If you only knew the problems I'm having in my marriage, I'm, I, I don't even know how to walk straight because the weight of my marriage is weighing on me so heavily. That's why there's counseling. That's why there's therapies. That's why there's Christian ministries all around our community that I would love to facilitate and let you be introduced to to help you lighten up. Someone really smart told me one time, Tommy, if you want a happy life, take God very, very seriously. But don't take yourself so seriously. Take God seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously, man. Lighten up. Everybody say, lighten up. Hey, let's talk back to each other for a second, okay? Listen to me. If your life is all work and no play, say, lighten up. If laughter is an unfamiliar sound in your house, how long has it been since your family laughed? How long has it been since your kids wanted to be around you? How long have you wanted to be around your kids? If your kids don't want to be around you, lighten up. If your spouse doesn't want to be around you and take a shower. It goes hand in hand, man. Really works out. Lighten up, shower. Woo. How about this? If you can be in the environment of praise and worship like we've been in today and all you can think about it's the pressures and the stress of the world that you're looking at on Monday. Man, you need to lighten up. Because they're going to be there whether you get there or not. They're going to be there. It's called life. Newsflash, you only get one run at this thing called life, man. Newsflash, when life is over, you're not coming back like a dog or a cat or a canary to get another chance at it. Newsflash, you got one chance. Lighten up. Pastor Tommy, I was really hoping to, like, something real serious. This is as serious as it gets. He's wanting to set you free. He's wanting to lighten up your load. He's wanting to put a smile on your face. He's wanting to take all of the junk of this world off of you and put all of his blessings and favor upon you. He's wanting to take that frown that's even stuck on your face during this sermon and he's wanting to flip that thing upside down and make you smile again. But I don't have anything to smile about, preacher. You've got a lot to smile about. You're alive. Yeah. Oh, that's not what I, you know, I, I, I get you. Yeah, I guess I am alive. Yeah, you're alive. It's a lot to smile about. <laughs> someone asked me the other day, I was on the way to the hospital, and when I left the church, I was going to visit someone in the hospital. Dude says, hey, by the way, you like those hospital visits? I said, dude, I love them. He went, what? I said, yeah, I'm the one doing the visiting. I am the happiest when I'm preaching a funeral. 
because I'm the one doing the funeral preaching, not the one. Never mind, you don't get it. Everybody say, lighten up. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renew your mind. Make your mind once again new. A fresh, Ephesians said it, a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Matthew 11, somebody needs to write this down. Matthew 11 verses 28 through, the, through 30 in the message says it this way. Are you tired? Are you wore out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. You ready for this? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Grace lightens everything up. The law, legalism, boy, that weighs everything down. Grace lightens everything up. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Nudge your neighbor real quick and say, lighten up, man. All right, let me close with this. We have a few, few baptisms about to take place. Let me close with this. One of the things that really gets people down is the aging process. I was with a friend of mine from out of state. He was in town visiting. He called me and said he was close by. So I ran to meet him at the restaurant. We hugged. We high-fived. And he says, man, I've never seen you with gray hair. I said, I've never seen you with a fork in your neck either. <laughs> Luckily for me, it was just a bad mood. It didn't stay permanent. <laughs> Aging is one of the things, and I, I thought this was really cute. Check this out. A woman aging in her life, she took a pen and she thought, this aging thing, I need to lighten up this aging thing. And all of my friends that are aging, I need to kind of lighten the mood for all of my friends aging. So she wrote this. Remember, Old folks are worth a fortune. They have silver in their hair. They have gold in their teeth. Stones in their kidneys. Lead in their feet. And gas in their stomachs. All the young people are like, what? All the old people are like, snort laughing. <laughs> I've become older since I last saw you, and a few changes have come into my life. Frankly, I've become quite a frivolous old gal. I'm seeing five men every day. As soon as I wake up, Mr. Willpower helps me get out of the bed, after which I go see John. Later, Mr. Charlie Horse comes along 
and he takes a lot out of my time and attention. And after that, Mr. Arthur Ritus shows up and stays the rest of the day. He doesn't like to stay in one place very long, so he takes me from joint to joint. After such a busy day, I am really tired, and I'm just looking forward to going to bed with Mr. Bengay. What a life. And then the little lady writes, P.S., the preacher called the other day and said, at my age, I should be thinking about the hereafter. And I told him, Reverend, I do that all the time. Whether I'm in the uh, living room or the kitchen or upstairs or downstairs, I always ask myself, what am I here after? Just a little, just a little something to hope that will lighten some of you up a little bit. You know, the, in the world's view, the world's view, the Christian life's got to be something boring. In the world's view, the Christian church service has got to be just heavy. In the world's view, the Christian family should be oppressed and held back from living life. But can I tell you, that's not what Jesus came to do. What Jesus came to do in your life, what he came to do in this church, what he came to do in your children's world, is to lighten it up. So let's take God seriously in 2016. Let's not take ourselves so seriously. We got one thing at this. We got one run. We got one chance, one opportunity. Guess what? You can afford the ice cream cone. You can afford a few hours less working this week. You can afford the movie every now and then. Would you really trade a $7 movie with your kids versus not having any relationship with them? You say, what? Are you serious? You never know. You never know. They're looking for dad. They're looking for mom. They're looking for just time. They're looking for you not to be so stinking serious. They're looking for you to lighten up a little bit, mom and dad. Students, listen to me. Mom and dad are looking for you to lighten up a little bit. All of us are looking for each other. Lighten up. Let's enjoy the grace of Jesus Christ. And you want me to tell you how the enemy of our soul works? The enemy of our soul will pop its head up with a legalistic mindset and say, that's the problem. Grace, it lightens everything up to the point that there's no seriousness with God. No, God's already taken care of the serious stuff. I can't do anything else to improve what Jesus has done. I am the recipient of God's goodness. And guess what that does for me? That lightens my load. It takes all the pressure of my life's performance off. All I have to do is put God first. All I have to do is live by his principles. All I have to do is make sure that my faith is in his grace. And all I really have to do is make sure that I'm doing everything in my life to bring him honor. Oh, it takes the, the, takes the pressure off. It puts a smile on my face. And I want it to be the same for you. Anybody say, lighten up. Lighten up. Stand with me this morning. As our baptismal candidates are making themselves ready, our worship team comes. Before we have our baptisms, this is what I would like to do. As our worship team's preparing and as our baptism's preparing, there's, some, there's something else that's absolutely critical to this day that's happening right now. So 
while everybody's kind of scurrying, I, I just need, I need everybody's focus real quick. Everybody's focus real quick right here. While you and I can lighten up our moods, you and I can't do anything with our sin. And there's nothing, nothing that could weigh you down like sin. You think a bad mood is bad. Living life with sin in your heart, that's crippling. It's crippling to your eternity. This morning, not only does this preacher want you to get out of those mully grubs, moods that's affecting everybody and everything in your world, the most important thing for you to do, though, is to make sure that you let Jesus Christ deliver you from your sin. The good news is he's already paid the price for it. Now you just have to reach out and accept his hand of forgiveness, accept his hug of acceptance. All you have to do is accept him. Open up your heart. You say, Pastor, how do I, how do I open up my heart? Bear your soul. How do I bear my soul? Well, the Bible really breaks it down this way. Everything in your thoughts and everything in your being, the only way it can really truly be communicated is if we attempt to try to put those feelings into words. That's why the Bible really focused so much on the power of this confession. If you will confess that you need Jesus Christ to save you, your mouth is becoming the very thing that opens the door of your heart. When I was just a child, my mother and father are here today in this service. I'm most certain that they would remember this. But I think of my little niece Hannah and, and, and these other younger ones that are right here in this front row, or second row section. When I was around their age, I, I was 11. I was in a church service in a little upstairs chapel. And something really cool happened in my life. I repented of my sin. And I invited Jesus into my heart. And the same mouth that confessed that, it was the same mouth that was filled with words and expressions of the Holy Spirit. It all happened simultaneously for me. And I was able to give my heart to Jesus. And the power of the Holy Spirit's ministry, it kind of... It, it, it literally, let me say it this way. It started at my toes, man, and it just filled me all the way up. And the same mouth that confessed him as my Lord and Savior, it was submitted, and then it was controlled by the Holy Spirit, and words of the Holy Ghost began to flow out of my life. What's interesting is this. It changed my countenance. It changed my mood. It gave me the the ability, the courage, the power, even at 11 years old, to know the difference in a bad day and a good day. If you're wanting discernment, I know that's an interesting word to throw in here in the closing of this sermon, but if you're wanting discernment, or a better way of saying it, if you're wanting an antenna to let you know how to navigate through this crazy thing called the roller coaster of life, the power of the Holy Spirit, is your answer. So all over this room, I just pray that you make yourself available. Put God first. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister in your life. I can guarantee you one thing. Everybody that loves you will be a lot happier with it.
because you won't be so low. You'll just kind of be level. Everybody say, I received that, Pastor Tommy. All right, we got some baskets.